This is episode 10 of the Gamer Sushi Show. This week, Eddie talks about the new Castlevania, we discuss NES games you forgot about, and play a new game called Percentages. Hi, this is the Gamer Sushi Podcast. I'm Eddie. I'm Anthony. I'm Jeff. I'm Mitch. And I'm Nick. And uh, we're back on schedule. You guys are getting two podcasts in one month. That's a lot of value for free. Mm-hmm. Right? That's great. Yeah. <laughs> two casts one month. Two it's better than aliens. They should pay it for this one. I mean, too many podcasts in a month and they'll go crazy. Well, maybe we'll do a thing, pay what you want, and everyone just wants to pay zero. <laughs> Is that <laughs> They probably would. Then, like, they only, uh, then they only get one podcast a month. So, <laughs> like, oh, Radiohead went broke. Yeah. So, are you guys going to talk about Reach again? No, no money. <laughs> yeah. So, everyone stopped playing Reach long enough. We're all playing Medal of Honor now, right? No. Crickets. So much. Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. Yeah. Oh, I would like to point out that I was the closest person on the over under for that. It currently stands at seventy nine. Uh, at seventy nine, I, I don't even remember what I said, but I know that Nick said it was going to get like hundred. <laughs> I said one hundred and seven. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was my guess. I think it was Nick's like, like I'm going to go over. I'm going to go one hundred and nine. <laughs> I'm going to go with like three oh eight on this one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was I was obviously drunk at that point. Yeah, I don't remember what anyone else said, but yeah, Mitch said he thought it'd get seventy nine, and it's or. 79 and it's, I think it's at 76 right now it's or 76 something. right now. I, I think something most, in the 80s. It's not right. Yeah. I haven't even read anything about it. I mean, I don't even know what people are saying. IGN gave it like a 6.5, which yeah. is, that was really? a bit surprising. Yeah. They, don't, it, they don't give anything low scores. Like crappy games get nines on IGN. So. <laughs> it, it uses yeah, been, two different engines, one for single player and one for yeah. multiplayer, so they feel different, which is lame. Well, well it wasn't my, like, <clears throat> is that the one where like multiplayer was developed by one team and single player was a different team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but they also just use different engines too. Like that's, yeah. that's not, weird. Not just that's not teams. good. No. Well, my brother's like been playing player. it. Go ahead. I was like, my brother's been playing it. He actually really likes the multiplayer. Cause he's like, he's like, it feels like a call of duty clone, but without all the, like the garbage that he hated about call of duty. Mm-hmm. Um, so he actually, he's actually really enjoying the multiplayer, but I think he tried out the single player and didn't like it, but I hear the single player is only four hours long, which that's what I've heard. Pretty short. God, that's like almost, that's like a little bit longer than portal. Well, yeah. Yeah, So he rented it. So I'm like, man, I could just, I could just take it one night when he's not playing it. And like the week he has it, I can probably beat it, you know, he's asleep. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's interesting that, you know, I guess it didn't quite go the way, (laughs) the way they wanted it to, because they were, they were going on that one. I, I thought it was going to kind of be a rival, but I guess not. Well, I think it's selling really well. The pre-orders were pretty high, from what I understand. And okay. you know, I, at the end of the day, that's all they care about because they actually commented on it about the Metacritic scores and everything, and they said, "Well, it had really high pre-orders and it's successful commercially, and that's the start of a new franchise for us." Right? They're like, "We've already got the money in our hands. We don't need exactly." Anything else. They don't care. Yeah. You already shelled out your sixty bucks. They're happy. Yeah. Well. Over the last couple of weeks, we've reviewed lots of games, um, so that's going to be kind of one of our big topics, just kind of touching on some of those things that we've reviewed um, you know, in the last week or so. Um, but before we get to that, Jeff actually wanted to talk a little bit about iPhone gaming. So- yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, like, <clears throat> I've had a, an iPhone from when they first came out. Uh, 
but I never really played games on the original model that I got. I don't remember why I never got into it. Like I think part of it was probably that it didn't really have the horsepower to play anything really cool. But for some reason, like when I finally got an iPhone 4 earlier this year, something about gaming finally clicked for me, and I started trying out a few games. It's just interesting because like I don't think I will ever buy a DS. I mean, even the 3DS, like... possibly could convince me but I, I it would take a lot like I'd have to hear about a lot of really killer apps to pick up a 3DS even with the cool 3D part of it but I've been really happy with just what I've found for the iPhone so far and you know obviously the cool part about it is almost all the games that I've gotten cost me a dollar one of them was even free like one of the best games I have is a game called Shibuya Yo, what actually, is that game? I keep hearing people talking about that game, and I right, haven't right. So I bought it, but I haven't played it yet. It's okay. good, Eddie. <laughs> well, yeah, so the, the deal with Shibuya, it's kind of in the class of, like, variations on Tetris, in a way. Yeah. So oh, what it is, you get these um, translucent bars that, that fall down. It's not like shapes or anything that you have to match up. It's just, you know, bar after bar, and you have um, a series of colors that you can pick from. And what you have to do is you have to select a bar to apply a color. And you can, sl- you, know, you can select any bar. So you don't have to do the bottom one. You can wait until four bars have come down and pick the top one. And so the idea is you want to get the colors in the right order so that you have like three or four together. And then you can clear so you those can out. combo, yeah. Yeah. And it's really addictive. It's, it sounds kind of like Puzzle Quest, but I could be – not Puzzle Quest, uh, Puzzle Fighter, but I could be wrong about that. See, I never played Puzzle Fighter. Is it like... I mean, Nick, did you, you played Puzzle Fighter, right? Yeah, I mean... It, yeah, I guess. I mean, all those games are kind of similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All variations on Tetris, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, loved Puzzle Fighter, by the way. That was an epic game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. But Shibuya is really great. And it's such a great... Like, you're probably going to only play it for a little bit because you're probably going to lose pretty quick. Uh, so it's just like, it's very addicting in that like, okay, that was fun for a few minutes. Now I'm going to play again for a few minutes. I'm going to, and, and you know, it's just one of those things. Mm-hmm. It's not like Angry Birds where you're like grinding to get three stars the whole time. Yeah, see, I haven't played Angry Birds either. I actually play a lot of Civ Rev on my iPhone. Really? Uh, yeah. Civilization see, I Revolution. I, I really Civ like it. Rev. See, the games that haven't really stuck for me are games more like Civ Rev or something that requires more a little traditional. bit yeah, more traditional that requires more of an investment hmm. of time. Like the stuff that's really clipped for me, like I really enjoy Angry Birds, although it's it gets really tough really quickly. Like I wanna so say So when do you when do you play when do you play your iPhone games? I've actually been playing them at home at night. Huh. Like, so you pretty much finishing just, Mass just, Effect 2. That's all. Instead of finishing Mass Effect 2. I'm just gonna <laughs> make a confession here. Most of my iPhone gaming is done while pooping. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, yeah. some I mean, people I'm... some people play on their iPhones. Some people drink coffee while pooping. It's fine. <laughs> I knew that was going to come oh, up. I knew that was going to come up. <laughs> for for <laughs> listeners, one person on this podcast drinks coffee while on the toilet. Guess which person it is. There'll be a problem. Nick, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> you, you ruined it, Anthony. <laughs> Leave your guesses now, in the comments. No. Now we can't give the prize away. <laughs> but no, it's interesting because I can't imagine just sitting around playing an iPhone game. Like, I felt like if I was, like, if I commuted, you mm-hmm. know, and rode, like, public transportation or something like that, that it would be something that I would I would do a lot of or, you know, waiting, um, you know, waiting rooms or waiting for oh, flights, totally. that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? And I, play, yeah, you I know, can't I play, imagine I play, just pulling, you know. Over lunch at work. I definitely sit down, you know, 
I, mean, I usually read during my lunch break at work, but recently mm-hmm. I've, I've been like, I'll sit and I'll play a game for like five, ten minutes, or sometimes when I need to take a break at work, because that's what it's perfect for. Yeah. You know, you can play like one level of Angry Birds and be done in a minute, and, and not, you know, it's a good sort of palate cleanser. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, just recently, for whatever reason, I've been downloading stuff, and it's been, you know, the night that I downloaded Shibuya, I got caught up in it. And I ended up like sitting on my couch and playing it for an hour. Um, yeah, I mean, because you can play it. Well, you know, honestly, the other thing that's got me <clears throat> into it is is uh, the games are starting to support achievements and Game Center. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and other, you know, there's a couple different things. So there's the Game Center, which is Apple's they need they need better games in Game Center because until Angry Birds got in there, there was basically nothing. So. Well, yeah, they're they're starting to pull it in, and there's other ones like Open Faint is another yeah. system, and Open and Faint will go across everything, right? That's Android. Yeah, and yeah Open Faint I think is compatible with Android and a couple other things, and then there's um, Crystal, which I think is another cross-platform thing. So there's a couple of different things that do like points or achievements. But ga- so, Game Center, Game Center has been nice because you know I'll go in there and I'll have I'll, I'll do like a you know what game support it, and it's almost like a cream of the crop. You know, it's, it's like a good way to, to find good games because some of the most fun stuff I've found has been by starting from that category. I mean, I know, I know that's one thing people have complained about before that Apple has worked on is that <clears throat> sometimes the way the, the categories in the App Store work, you know, people try and work the system or it's hard to find, like, really good games. But well, you can just, never I, trust the reviews. Reviews are right. terrible in the App Store. I mean, not not like review sites, but like the actual reviews on iTunes, right? Are a tro- like you can't get any real information out of that. No, it's no, they're all like this sucks one star, and you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> or or no, they is there badly because they have a, it, it has a bug. Is so there they, yeah. a game that's been announced on iPhone recently that people are really excited about? I felt like there was something, but I can't. Uh, Epi- yeah, the Epic Citadel. Yes. Yeah. So that right now it's just a tech demo. But it's amazing because because what it is is it's um, running the Unreal Engine. Unreal three, yeah. yeah. Unreal three engine, and it is completely like perfectly smooth. It's got graphics as good as a console game, and that's it's crazy. you're just walking around, and the controls are really really nice. And so like that's the other thing about the iPhone four in particular is just the screen is just so detailed that everything looks amazing if if it supports it. And that in particular, it was designed from the ground up to work on that. So it was a really cool thing. I'm looking for it. Like that actually might be a longer game that once it, the real thing comes out, I'll pick it up. Um, so far, I've just done stuff that, that I can play in like minute sections. But that one was just so cool. That's um, awesome. It's yeah. crazy to me that you, that kind of stuff is like on your phone and mm-hmm. uh, or even like what Mist is on the iPhone. And oh, I'm yeah. sitting yeah. at my computer and playing that, you know, however many mm-hmm. years ago, you know. But yeah, so, um, you know, so, other sorry, than kind of kind of building off that, I was just wondering if someone was to get an iPhone soon, like what games would you recommend that they try? Well, so the ones like, that I've, I, the ones that I've really enjoyed so far, personally, everybody's playing Angry Birds. I, you know, I can't. I haven't tried that out yet. Yeah, you it's should, basically you should like probably a, just get it because yeah. everybody has it. <laughs> it it's, it really is doing it, man. Come on, you want to be cool, don't you? No, it's really addictive. It's basically uh, what's it's the a, it's a it's a physics game. It's like it's a, a slingshot game. physics slingshot. game. Yeah. 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 Is it like uh, Peggle or? No. No. Oh. Bite your tongue. You have to ever play that game where like you flung uh, penguins across the ice. 
<laughs> think so. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> yes. Basically, you've got birds in a slingshot, and you're sh- you're shooting them to break blocks to kill pigs. So <laughs> that makes total them, sense. They stole the eggs. Yes, yeah, they stole why the not? Egg. Yeah, why not? Anyways, but yeah, so they're they're like the birds are the projectiles, and there's birds that um, can speed up. There's birds that can drop bombs. There's birds that can split into three stuff like that. And so you have and this sort they'll of... They'll be like, oh, sorry. They'll be like the guys who are good against wood or, or ice or whatever. So you have to attack because there's like different structures of like stone and wood and, and uh, ice blocks. And so you'll have to use the different birds against the different structures because they're good against that. Right, and, right. Yeah. And how many, le- like in the first world, whether like 30 levels or 50 levels or something? Uh, I think there's more than that. It has so it has so much content. I'm only on the, like the second world, and I've played it a lot. Well, So what For, is it about these games recently that are like grabbing you all of a sudden? I don't know why. Like why it's, I'm just in the mood to play like, you know, because I'm a, I'm a big fan of Peggle and um, Lumens. And I don't, you know, I uh, played the hell out of uh, Geometry Wars 2. So I really dig that kind of like um, simple puzzle game type stuff or, you know, just sort of games with simple mechanics. It's a good way to blow off steam and it's an easy way to only play a game for like 15 or 20 minutes, you know? Like if, mm-hmm. if you, if you want to just get in and play something and just focus on one mechanic, I really I like that sometimes, you know, I, I, rather than sitting down and playing something that I know I'm going to play for an hour and I'm going to have to do an entire level and I'm going to have to maybe learn new mechanics or something. I, I guess it's comfort food in a way, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've also played, there's, there's one called Picks and Rush that is basically like a platformer with a little monster. That one doesn't work quite as well because it's got like a virtual button that you have to push to jump and one to shoot. It seems like the games that work the best are ones that are designed entirely for the iPhone. I don't know. I'm not sure if it works as well for games that are sort of simulating playing as if you had buttons and a controller. I mean, what about, Nick, have you played anything like that? Well, I mean, you know, I've played, like, Wolfenstein, and it works okay. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not fantastic, but if you want, like, a fix, it's not bad. Yeah. I mean, you, get, you literally get to play the old castle, I mean, the old Wolfenstein. Like, it's not a new version of it. It, it just is that game. And, I mean, there's other games, uh, like Civ Rev, like Eddie was talking about, but then again, you know, I feel like strategy games kind of are built for mouse anyways, and mm-hmm. mouse yeah. and finger are kind of similar. I think, yeah, I think anything that was built for the mouse works well. I did play yeah. a little bit of Civ Rev. I just didn't, didn't get into it very much. Have you played Zenbound? Because that gets no. great reviews, and I haven't played it, but I've heard that it's fantastic. Have you played Plants vs. Zombies? Uh, no, I haven't. I've oh, s- Plants vs. Zombies is really good. I, I played the demo on Xbox Live, and ju- I mean, I just played it on Xbox Live, but it was a you, lot of fun. You want to talk about addicting? Plants vs. Zombies was really because yeah. it's it's a tower defense game, but it's right. really simplified tower defense. So yeah. it, it would make you think that it would be less fun, but I feel like it's actually more fun because like exactly you literally just have felt. you have five rows and you have to defend those five rows, and that's it. And and it's oh, not like it's, I have to upgrade dollars to do this. It's two ninety nine. I'm buying it. You yeah, it's totally it. worth it. <laughs> yeah, you should buy it. It's it's really good. <laughs> but you know, you actually know that Dead Rising is coming to the iPhone too. Seriously, I have yeah. heard. Yeah, yeah. See, uh, th- they did an RE4 port, and it just looked kind of. I funky. heard that it was a bit janky. Yeah, it looks when janky. they do RE5. 
<laughs> There's the mention there. Okay. There you go. Right there. Took care of that. On with the podcast. You were saying? So, Mitch, you want to talk a little bit about, about Dead Rising 2, which you reviewed this week? Uh, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that. Dead Rising 2, I like it. It's It wasn't as good as the first for me, but it just made me think that we need more games that have, in my opinion, like original concepts. Because a lot of what we're getting these days are just like, like zombies. Shooters. <laughs> well, okay, that's not quite what I mean. Thanks. Well, yeah. let them finish first, and then we'll jump in, because I, I had kind of the same, you know. Besides the fact, besides the fact that it has zombies in it, it's still like one of the most, I don't know, it's just really original. I, don't, I know you guys haven't played The First Dead Rising that much, but one of the things I explained in my review, like besides the fact that you could run around and mix drinks and wear dresses, was just like you could do whatever you wanted in that game. Like the story was there, but you could just completely ignore it. Like, you could kill zombies if you wanted to, or you could rescue people if you wanted to, or you could just do nothing for the in-game time. Like, that's the kind of freedom that Dead Rising gave you. It was still limited in a way, because there was, like, the time that you had, the short time that you had to spend in the mall and all that other stuff, but I don't know. It's just, I don't feel like the, a game of, like Dead Rising has been done since then, except for the sequel. Really? See, I, to me, that sounds more like a, like a Rockstar-style structure, though. You know? Where you can kind of like putz around yeah. in the world or do whatever, or you could go on and do the story. Only in Dead Rising, there was a time limit on it. In a way, but I mean, Rockstar games still make you do the story before you can advance anywhere. Like Dead Rising from the outset, the whole area I mean, is going to go anywhere. To yeah. Yeah, it's open to you. And you can just find things randomly. Sort of like a Rockstar game, but just in the way that you can completely ignore the story. Yeah, so you mean more about like the kind of the game design and like it's some of its kind of gameplay stuff in terms of how it's original rather than the fact the that it has like zombies and the actual concept of it or whatever. Right, exactly. That's what I mean. I, even even for a zombie game, it's still pretty original because like I know the term original and zombie in the same sentence is kind of an oxym- <laughs> oxymoron these days, but I mean, most zombie games we get are like shooters or something like that. Like Dead Rising isn't you can you cannot fight the zombies. They're just there. They're an obstacle in the game. They're not your main enemy, which is sort of like the way a zombie movie is. The real enemy is people. That's kind of, <laughs> sorry. That was a bad joke. The real enemy is anything. He did it himself. My one thing is, I'm not sure how I feel about open world games because it just seems like I don't know. I, I get kind of lost in the. It doesn't necessarily sound that much fun to me to not have like a guiding line to stick with. I mean, just just cause sounds completely uninteresting to me. For example, like I would, I have no interest in playing a game where you're just like you can wander everywhere, nothing you do matters, blow shit up. You know? Did you play Red Dead? I I have played Red Dead. Yeah, I I don't know if I necessarily. It feels like there's a story there though. Well, yeah. Oh, well, there's a, there's a story, but it's it's a want. yeah, it's a sandbox game. <clears throat> I think I don't know if you wrote this in your review, but <clears throat> isn't it true that like there's a lot of stuff, like there's more than one goal that you can take care of, and it's hard to get them all done. So what is it like? The get, Groundhog Day. Well, no, it's like get from point A to point B, or you can get the medicine to save your daughter, or you can do something like that. Is that the case, or am I just making that up? No, you're you're kind of close. What there is is there's multiple tasks you need to juggle, but there's there's one overarching story. That mm-hmm. is the main game, and everything else is an optional side quest. Like even giving your daughter medicine is optional, right? 
So that's, if you don't, if you, funny. whether or not you if, love your daughter, <laughs> if you, if you don't want to deal, her. if you, if you don't want to deal with that, you can just forget about her in the first day and then you don't have to deal with her for the rest of the game, but the story keeps going. Jesus. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> if oh, you don't want to deal with her, just fuck it. <laughs> Stop Let her die. Yeah, okay. considering my track yeah, record of like video hard. game, video game fatherhood, fatherhood and heavy rain, I don't know if, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this would be the best for me. Jason, <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking of that. But yeah, well, back to the original topic about just um, kind of like originality in games. Um, I don't know. I just didn't think it's interesting that you mentioned that because I, I mean, are you talking more about like shooters that you're getting tired out? Because that's what I think of when people talk about more originality. Like, I just get really tired of playing the same. I just feel like I'm playing the same games over and over and over again sometimes these days. Yeah, like I definitely do feel like I'm getting shooter fatigue. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe I'm the only person in the world that thinks Dead Rising does something original. But it it uh, the the original game I tried at the time when I needed something different from video games, and it was there to supply that to me. So maybe that's why I think it's just such an out there concept that nothing else has tried to replicate. So I don't know. It could just be personal opinion, but there definitely needs to be less shooters. That's for sure. More risks. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 really interesting because yeah, it's just the same thing, and everyone wants to be a metal, I mean, a modern warfare clone um, these days. I mean, it's 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 kind of hard to blame blame publishers because that's what sells. At the same time, like I, you know, it's like man, just take a risk, do something else. But yeah, well, like even even Mass Effect Two, even Mass Effect Two basically turned into a shooter for gameplay. But at the same time, the first Mass Effect was, you know, was it was a new IP. It was something, you know, it was unlike any other game I'd really played before. I mean, it was like a Bioware game for sure. But, I mean, I feel like it did a lot different, you know. Yeah, that that's also the sort of the thing that I'm talking about. Like, just stepping out of the norm in video games, I think, is getting really tough to do. Especially in this economic climate, it's getting tougher and tougher to sort of pitch games to bigger publishers. That are like, well, it's not like Grand Theft Auto. It's not like Call of Duty. So not interested. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like the more you get away from tried and true conventions, the more the less likely it is that your game's going to see the light of day. Which is unfortunate because I'm sure there's a lot of great concepts out there that aren't going to get published for years because it doesn't have grizzled protag- grizzled brown hair, short brown haired protagonist shooting ambiguously formed dudes. Well, I think that's why voiced when you play Nolan something, North. yeah, voiced by Nolan North. Um, exactly. But I think that's why when you play something that that's different and that's good, I think that's why it stands out so much. And, and well, you know, that's one of the things. Like thinking back on it now, like Heavy Rain definitely had its issues. But thinking back on it now, I'm like, man, that was a pretty great time because that was really different. Like, you know, when I think back on Heavy Rain now, I actually have more fond memories, memories. of it than right yeah. when I reviewed it. I don't yeah, know if I, I would want to raise the score, but. When I first reviewed it, I had kind of so many things I felt like I was juggling. But like now that there's distance back on it, like I just keep thinking, I'm like, man, that was a good experience. It was a great experience. You know, yeah. like the like the one scene where the guy's chasing you around his apartment with a shotgun was probably the most intense thing I've ever done in gaming. Actually, that like every fight scene in that game was intense because every I knew fight was scene I was like, threat. I'm gonna die. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. every fight scene, I knew there was a real threat of character death. Yes, I'm like. I don't want these people to die. Yeah, and actually, like the the thing is, like that's the only time that I've really actually enjoyed quick time events. Like every other game, it's been kind of like the th- thing you put up with. You're like, oh, yeah. you know, they're, they're very, very different in Heavy Rain. Yeah, yeah, they're very they're much different. Much more but timing it, based it, instead of just hit the button. 
right, in the right. next five they're seconds. Also, they're also not nonsensical. It's not like remove the golem's armor by twisting the left thumbstick over and over. It's like <laughs> if you wanna if you wanna throw something at someone, the game has you like move the thumbstick or like shake the controller up and down to or, or like, like when you're climbing up the hill. It's like this is the foot, this is the arm. This, yeah, you know. Yeah, that I was might, pretty. You cool. know, that is actually one game that if I hadn't sold it and if I had any desire to buy the move that I would want to play in the move. So like given several conditions, <laughs> yeah, that's well, the I, one thing that I would actually like to play in the move. You know, I actually watched, I, I actually watched a guy playing it on the move at PAX and he couldn't figure out how to do it. So maybe, maybe <laughs> <laughs> revise, revise your opinion, but yeah. I, said, well, the no, one thing I, I heard um, say, on one of the uh, podcasts that uh, on the move, it's, it's basically the same game, but you're actually just physically doing the things, but they say it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, the one thing I was going to say as far as original games go, I'm only four chapters into it, but so far Enslaved is pretty cool. Um, you know, it, first off, it is just a gorgeous game. Like, it's, it's the only post-apocalyptic game I've ever played that actually uses colors other than brown, <laughs> which is nice. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's cool. It, there's interesting sort of co-op action your co-op partner has specific things she can she can do, so you can tell her to distract the enemies while you run over here. And a lot of it so far has been more about like it, it's it's not exactly a stealth game, but it's sort of equally balanced between you know every time you walk into a new area, you're given the chance to avoid the enemies if you if you're good enough at it. I don't know. I, I, I'm enjoying it so far, but it's, it's, I, I heard it's more it is more than a babysitting game. Yes. Absolutely. No, I don't feel like I'm babysitting. Like, she has a purpose. Okay. You know, she definitely has, like, stuff she needs to pull off to help you. Hmm. Um, well, yeah, and I, I keep... I, sorry, keep going. Oh, I was just going to say one thing I wanted to mention, talking about uh, people not taking risks, you know, with their games, is for every publisher that's like, um, you know, like Gears, you know, Gears of War or Medal of Honor. It's like, well, we can't really take a risk because we have to sell or whatever. It's like, well, how did your franchise get to be where it is in the first place? You know, you had to have like some sort of original good idea, like Grand Theft Auto or, or you know, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Like, it all starts off with one original idea, and then it becomes like a franchise where you just keep repeating yourself over and over again. It's true. But well, Gears. Not- think about Gears when it first came out. Yeah, that's exactly like just. Do an original idea. How do you think you have a franchise that people are saying is repetitive? Because you started off with at least one original idea, so you can do you can do two things at once. You know, mm. it's just kind of frustrating. They just have amnesia. They forget how they got where they are. Who was it that said? Um, is it Activision that said um, that? Because they because you know they have so many develop developing groups that operate underneath them or whatever, and they were saying that um. You don't get to make a new IP until you make a successful game or something like that. It's like their rule. Yeah. Which, oh. you know, okay. it, it, it's well, weird. The, as as much too. as people crap on Activision, it's like it kind of makes sense, but at least there's an opportunity there, maybe, I guess, you yeah. know? Um, because, yeah, like, it's like I, I can understand that people are afraid to take chances, but at least it's like, hey, if you make a successful game, you get to do it. But someone could also argue that, well, maybe that game's not successful because it's not, you know, an original, <laughs> you know, IP. It's just a rehash of something. But. but yeah, but when you're working at that like level of budget, you know, because they're they're working on blockbuster games. I yeah. mean, th- that's part of it. it. The same thing happens in in the movie world. Like, I, I think before Sam Raimi got the chance to direct Spider Man, he had to direct that Kevin Costner baseball movie. You yeah, know? you remember for that? Love, like for the love of the game. Yeah, well, I'm sure yeah. it's a decent movie, but like it's like nothing else he's directed is in his entire career. 
And he did it right before Spider-Man. And I would not be surprised if they were like, well, hey, we got this shitty Kevin Costner movie. Like, didn't David Fincher have to do... Aliens 3. Alien 3 before he could do... Uh, was it 7? Yep. Yeah. Was yeah. it... Uh, Christopher Nolan had to do Batman before they let him do Inception? Kind of that kind of, that kind of thing? Well, and he also... Remember, Nolan also did... Um, the Al Pacino Insomnia 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 yeah and yeah before he got to do the prestige so yeah you kind of have to prove yourself you have to prove that you can do it with something that's you know viable before they're like okay now you can do what you want yeah so I mean if that's their strategy that that actually makes a lot of sense it kind of you know from the outside it sucks yeah we're just like nobody's making original games but But at least there's an opportunity there if you know you can do something there's a carrot (laughs) <laughs> you know of some kind not just the stick what, what yeah. was the last successful new IP Activision had uh, Call, of it, Duty? Call of Duty Call that's of Duty that's what I was at is it, <laughs> no is Guitar it? Hero Guitar Hero yeah Guitar Hero okay uh, and what are we on Guitar Hero 5 now 6 6 I think they've killed it yeah I've heard oh, it's, it's it, good it's dead it's dead oh yeah here Call of Duty series 2003 Guitar Hero 2006. Prototype was an original IP, but I hated oh. it. Blur, Singularity, Transformers, the new Spider-Man. They've always had the Spider-Man, haven't they? Yeah, 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 yeah they, they have. have. Yeah. Shattered yeah. Dimensions was actually pretty good. I just I never got to talk about it because I had the technical issues on the one podcast, but it was okay. Oh, I yeah. recommend a rental. Sorry, just as an but then, aside. But then looking at their upcoming games, it's like it's remakes. It's GoldenEye, Black Ops. DJ Hero 2, like... True crime. Uh, well, it's funny that, that, that we were talking about um, kind of mixing it up in games a little bit. Like, uh, I actually just got done playing Castlevania over the weekend, and I've been, like, itching to talk <laughs> to everyone about that. Um, I reviewed it, gave it an A, but I, I really loved the game. Um, I'm We've talked about it before, or I've said it a million times. I'm not a huge fan of kind of that God of War-style game. And there was, what, the Ars Technica review that went up that said... But it's just like a kind of a God of War ripoff, you know, all this other stuff. That wasn't even really a review. That was just sort yeah. of like a like a butthurt essay. Yeah, like he was like the he guy. Was, the guy started off and he's like, like oh, I don't even, I don't even care. I don't even finish it. Like it didn't seem like he really wanted to be there that day. Like he, he it was, just, like, it was sixty dollars. Well, he acted like the game like pushed him down in a puddle and like kicked him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that so was just with the game. that was so immature and oh god. But, and from um, Ars Technica, which is like a real, I, I have pretty, pretty legit well site. They, 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 they usually seem pretty classy. Like they, they write really a lot about a lot of, yeah, they write a lot of, you know, they'll write about the Electronic Frontier Foundation and digital rights and stuff like that. Like they yeah, don't just, like, do, yeah, they'll do like a huge, like 12 page write up on like the new Windows 7 or whatever. It's like a, you know, respected site, but that seemed very amateur. Like he had his bitch flakes that morning or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he went, he went bitch cakes. But yeah, so no, I, I I really I just really enjoyed Castlevania, um, and I've you know I said in the review I've never really played a Castlevania game before. I've watched um, quite a bit of Symphony of the Night over at Nick's, kind of during Web Zero shoots. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like I never really played one before, and I just I, I it took me a little bit to get into it because the game's long, sixteen to eighteen hours, depending. Um, that's and, long for that type of game. Yeah, for that type of game, and that's what I was really worried about. I was like, man, am I? How am I going to be feeling about this? <laughs> you know, yeah. fourteen hours from now. Um, and and the one thing the Ars Technica guy did say is that he was naming some stuff about how it felt like this and this and this, but really he hadn't given the game a chance to progress because right around chapter four or five 
is when you get all of your abilities and when they start stringing them all together in a way that matters. It's the whole thing isn't a tutorial up until then, but a lot of it is, you know. And then once you get it, then they just start throwing stuff at you. But, but what I really loved about it is that it felt like a return to like old school game design. Um, and I feel like that kind of piggybacks off of what you were talking about, Mitch, with like original, you know, ideas and stuff. I mean, granted, it's returning to the thing of old, but but there was a reason those old games worked. And, you yeah, know, it's because they were just good and they were smart. Um, and and I just really dug it. I mean, and it had boss battles. Um, the ending boss fight, boss fight, which I won't spoil, is just one of the most. It's probably it's not the most challenging boss I've ever fought ever, but it was one of the most entertaining boss fights I've ever played in a video game. See, that's you know? cool. And I and I mean that. There are so uh, many games that like really cop out on the last boss. Oh yeah, there's yeah, a lot I'm, of games that, that just fall kind of at the finish line, and a lot of it's probably just from rush development times and stuff like that. You know, but this game just it's finished so strongly. And the boss fight was filled with these epic, like, quick time events. Like, epic quick time events. And the quick time events of the game are more like heavy rains. Um, Mm, That's cool. Because it's not like, I mean, you do have to push a button, but it's not like, um, it. basically what happens is there will be like a a small circle on the screen and then a big circle around it. And the big circle's narrowing to the smaller circle. And you have to push it when the two meet. Mm. Oh, that's cool. So there's yeah, I saw time- that on the uh, on the demo, and that was really unique. I liked it. Yeah, so there was a timing thing associated with it, and the first time it happened to me, I got so pissed <laughs> off. It's Elite Beat Agents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's actually what it is. It's Elite Beat Agents. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's yeah. I was trying to remember. I was like, another game has done this, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just Counter like Strike. Counter Strike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like Elite Beat Agents, and and so that's the way the quick time events work, and they're usually really epic. Um, you know, a lot of people rip on it because like, oh, it copied Shadow of the Colossus boss fights, but I'm like, okay, they're, they're fun. <laughs> you know, like, I don't care. Yeah, it's um, like, it's something you love from another game in this game. Is that bad? Well, yeah, and then one of the bosses you fight, um, probably, it, probably huger than anything that was in Shadow of the Colossus. Um, this oh. one, this one boss you fight, but then, um, but yeah, the final one was filled with these like really epic quick time events where I was just like laughing. Because I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, it was one of those things where I was like, I wish someone was here watching, because <laughs> this is so cool, you know. Um, and it was filled with like the the awesome events and stuff. And I was just having a blast with it. But I can't remember having that much fun on a final boss fight in a long. Like, I seriously can't remember the last time. Hmm. See, I played. I'm thinking the, of it right now, and I can't. I can't think of it. I, I played the demo for Dante's Inferno, which is another alleged God of War clone. Mm-hmm. And that felt exactly like a ripoff of God of War. Like I was offended. Like I was like, <laughs> I can't believe that they are actually going to release this. And I you felt like the Ars Technica Castle- dude. <laughs> yeah, and then I played the demo for Castlevania. It took your and- lunch money. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it beat me up. It was horrible. Said dirty things about Castle- Bob. I played the demo for Castlevania, and it it did not feel like a God of War clone at all. It felt inspired by it, but it yeah. didn't feel exactly like the same thing. And I think people get confused with the two. Like, oh, that one copies it. And that one is inspired by it. So I, I think there's a big difference between, uh, like, just the fact that, like you say, it takes five or six hours because of all the things they're introducing for it to really ramp up and let you use everything. That shows that it's not just, you know, giving you stuff you're familiar with. It's it's adding things on and everything. It's giving it its own twist. So Well, and really, because I was thinking about it, like, because a lot of people, yeah, like, they, the big criticism going against it is that it's, it's kind of like God of War. But, I mean, what... I can't think of a better type of game to translate a Castlevania game into for this generation. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you want to make a 3D Castlevania, um, 
I mean, when you want to bring it into this gen um, in a in a relevant way, I can't think of a better template. Know. Yeah, you yeah. Need, you yeah. need something to like anchor it to, and well, it's, it's well, like like Metroid. Metroid translated into this gen as a first person shooter. That made total sense. Yeah, yeah. There's a di- see. There's a difference between plagiarism and inspiration. And I mean, I think what we're talking about is the games that were inspired by it. Right. It, you know, I, I, I remember I did play the, the Dante's Inferno demo as well, and I wasn't that impressed with it. I could, it, it went on sale for real cheap. It was like 15 bucks recently. I almost bought it, but I just thought. Yeah, I mean, and kind of what you're getting at, the, the, the difference there too is um, like Hideo Kojima had a, had a quote on his, um, on, on his Twitter account actually this week that some people were talking about where he talked about the difference between Western level design and kind of like Japanese level design. And I know that Castlevania was developed by um, some dudes in Madrid, but it still was, it still was overseen by Kojima Productions. Um, and it, it, it was just very old school, like classic Japanese game design. But um, and I'd say Arkham Asylum was too. You know what I mean? It's people that are emulating that kind of style. But uh, he had this quote where he talked about that the difference between the two is that um, the Western games try to use their technology to push you through a level, like they use they use their technology to like move you through the level, whereas Japanese designers actually use design to move you through a level. So, so um, what define what that means exactly? Well, and I, I think about it. I think about it like the difference between God of War and Castlevania. Actually, you know, um, where I felt like God of God of War. I think their levels are are beautiful and technically impressive to look at, but I, but there's not there's not much design to the way you move through the level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like move here, move here, move here, move here, move here. You know, um, there, so it's very li- linear almost. Is that it? Yeah, there's or? a lot of linearity to it. I mean, there's Castlevania was linear too, but it didn't feel like it was. And I think that's kind of the difference is that it it all feels it feels like something that's building on itself but my experience with God of War is that and I'm not saying that's a bad thing but it's an interesting point that he made about how you know western games try to use their technology and their whatever to like keep moving you forward you know um whereas japanese game design is a lot more subtle mm. where it, it feels like oh it feels like this is where I'm supposed to go next um well, it sounds to me like that's i mean that's just more old school yeah game making i mean because that's something the that Valve is really good at too, by the way. Yeah, that was actually exactly what I was thinking. I was like, Half Life mm-hmm. Two. I definitely there were points where I was like, I'm not completely sure where I, I'm supposed to go here, and you really have to like look for context clues and figure out like the subtle hints that they're giving you. Like, it doesn't. They don't really give you like big red flags all the time, saying go here. You know, yeah, maybe, like after, I think after you beat the, the helicopter at the end of the river, mm-hmm. is one. It was like I can never figure out where to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Portal was the same way. Like I remember, you know, playing Portal and thinking it feels like I am not going the right way. You know, like when you're actually you are going the right way, but it feels like you've gone outside of what the game wants you to do, which is actually part of the story. But you know, that that's so is, is that more like what you're talking about? That that's the more Japanese style. Yeah, I would I would say so. It's just kind of what Nick was saying. It's just like a, a old school game design. It's it's classic. It, it's it's. Because I because we they didn't have anything else before, right? So they just did like they just did like okay, we don't have the technology to push it forward, like Eddie was saying. So we have to be clever in the way we in the way we design levels. We have to make it to where subconsciously you know where to go. And yeah, and I was playing. 
I've, I've just finished Gears of War 2, and there would be points where after a big firefight, I would get so turned around in the level design just the way it was. I was like, I don't know where to go. And I would just have to look at my squad mates to figure out where they were standing around waiting for me like a moron <laughs> to, in order to figure out where to go, you know? And, um, and I never, and I, as I think about it now, I never really have that problem with, um, like, you know, Japanese design game, unless it's like a, you know, a RPG or something and you get turned around or whatever. That's one thing but, that annoyed me about reach was like, if you yeah. went the wrong way, your, oh, yeah. your squad would follow you the wrong way. And then just <laughs> yeah. stand there. They'd be like, why don't you, you're the game. You know the right way to go. <laughs> you're the game. <laughs> Just go there. Why are you following me? Follow yeah. you. At least <laughs> Dom is nice yeah. enough to sit there and wait I got, for me. I, I, war. I felt kind of turned around and reach a lot. I, like it, yeah. it seems strange that yeah. there wasn't something pointing the way, but it also kind of felt like if you just went a direction, you ended up in the right place eventually. Like I want to say. One level, maybe I After went the wrong way. the whole world of Reach. <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> no, I no, feel like in one level, like I think they, they designed it, it, it seemed like they designed it so that you could just kind of wander around and you'd still sort of end up funneling to the right place in any way. Even if it like, even if you went the quote unquote wrong way. You know, does that I make know. sense? There, there are certain parts. I know that at the very beginning, after you get in the big first fight with the elites, you can go right, and you can just run along the riverbed for a forever, long time. And it's the wrong way. Oh, you really? have to run, <laughs> run all the way back. <laughs> did well, you guys do that? The, uh, Daniel the, did that, and then he got really mad, <laughs> and, and then yelled at the TV. Or the nighttime sniper level after like the first big firefight, it yeah. doesn't tell you where to go, and you can just yeah. run around that thing looking for the tiny ass path that's the right way. Yeah. yeah, see that that is kind of funky. Like it seems strange that they didn't really ever give you a pointer in that. I'm not sure why they made you that gave decision. it an S, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly it sounds flawed. Like B to me. <laughs> but yeah, well, no. So it's just um, jump back to Castlevania real quick. Like I just I, I really got into it. Like I'm uh, I'm actually anxious to go back and play some other Castlevania games now. And and Do I it. I really like what they did with it. Because they, I feel like they, one, they brought it into this gen, and I think they did a really cool reboot and set it up as a good start to what could be a pretty cool series. There's a little after the cut, after the credits scene that's pretty cool. Like, it's really cool, actually. Um, like, it had, it had, because it's got a few little things in it, and I was expecting them to happen, but they still managed to surprise me at the last second. I was like, oh, wow. I mean, someone on the phone with the president. I was about to joke about that. You know, it was, it was was very much like the Metal Gear Solid ones ending where they had the little phone conversation after the credits, you know, and you were like, oh, snap. I mean, it was the same kind of surprise. They infantry. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, One thing I was going to say is that. If you're, I know that you know people are complaining about all these God of War ripoffs, but at the same time, like if you're gonna rip off a game, I think the God of War series might yeah. actually be the best reviewed series in gaming yeah. history. Something like that. Like I think the lowest score is like a nine five. Like yeah, yeah. Even the PSP games get really high ratings. Yeah. I actually, I actually heard the PSP God of War game might be the best one. Really? The um, yeah. the chains, chains of, of Olympus. Yeah. Yeah, I've, heard I've, heard that that, might, I've heard that. I've heard too. that. It's amazing. Yeah. So well, and it's funny they bring up got like uh, that's kind of something I said in the review too that I felt like it's a, a really wild blend of old school meets new school because it was like I feel like the game was structured like Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear Solid was structured like Castlevania games, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so it was kind of just a, a cool blend of like past meets present. 
um, I felt when when I was playing the game, and it just you know, it's it's not a perfect game by any stretch, you know, but it was just it was just really well designed. But it, it did the right things. Yeah, I feel like it did the right things, and it didn't it didn't end stumbling the way so many games do. Well, yeah, Batman, I, when, Batman Arkham Asylum. I felt well, like it kind of ended in a stumble. You know, not yeah, bad. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't just, bad. It's I mean, strong as it's open. Well, definitely faltered at the end. Yeah. I think it, I think it was weird to to have the Joker mutate like that. Cannot you know, well, whatever. <laughs> if you haven't played it by now, that the boss battle was a little bit weird. It's a yeah, it's a weird boss, boss battle, battle to, to have that happen to the Joker like that. Yeah. It, 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 the, the big thing that the big thing that sticks out to me though is is Bioshock like. For a game that I love, you know, you guys know I love. It's like one of my favorite games of this entire gen. The last boss of Bioshock is terrible. Like yeah. it's it's not even good. I'm not even going to defend it because <laughs> it's 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 it, every big daddy fight is better than the last boss. Is it's part of the reason that we're missing great boss battles because so many games are first person shooters? Because it's hard. I feel like it's hard to put a boss in a first person shooter. Yeah. I agree with it's that. It's true. You know what I mean? Like, just in terms of game gameplay, like, I feel like it's hard to do yeah, it's always, without uh, just giving them lots of health and just shoot them a bunch. Yeah, yeah. or like, yeah. oh, they've got shields in three different places, blow up three shields, and then you yeah. can come back and kill the boss. Yeah, yeah, that, like, that the final, the final boss of the first Army of Two was a cutscene. <laughs> <laughs> like, they just didn't even try. See, that was, that was what was kind of interesting of about Bioshock 2. I mean, I guess, Nick, you're the only other person that's played it all the way through, but I thought that that ending was kind of cool. It didn't even try really to give you a final boss. It gave you a wrapping up battle, you know? Yeah, it gave it gave you the the Prince of Persia battle, right? Where it's the end of it is everything kind of deal, like right. Yeah. So there wasn't a big boss. There was just a bunch of guys. And there was just a bunch of, and you just fought everybody, yeah. in, as long as you could, kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I felt that was fine. Yeah. I mean, Bioshock 2 wasn't like an amazing game, but I thought it did some cool things. Like, I, I thought they made some intelligent choices with what they had to work with. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, we're, we're making a knockoff, but we're going to do the best we can with what we've got. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I feel like when you go third person, like, automatically, it's like, we can have boss battles. Like. Yeah. Well, because yeah. like I feel like when you try to do boss battles in first-person shooters, you get like a uh, guilty spark in Halo Three or oh, man, that's <laughs> terrible, or Tartarus or whatever his name was in Halo Two. Like you just get these awful boss battles when you try. That to guilty play. spark was so it was bad. so bad. it was so stupid. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. Like it's it was like laughable. Yeah, <laughs> I was, was like, laughing. Really, the it's only like, really, the this only is your thing boss? that made it up was right afterwards when you're driving, is maybe the coolest moment in the entire game. <laughs> that's the Actually, only reason you can forgive that well, yeah, I'd say I'm the end thinking, of Reach is cooler than that but yeah you're right well yeah I'm just thinking about like um, I guess uh, Call of Duty 4 doesn't have bo- a boss battle you know it just has like yeah. a really tough level at the end uh, the Half-Life 2 I think the Half-Life 2 you know it doesn't really have boss battles and the episodes are, don't really have boss battles but they have like I mean I guess they kind of have boss the, battles the end is the boss the end of Half-Life 2 has boss kind yeah. of um, yeah, I think well, in first-person shooters, they're safer if they just do like a big giant set piece instead of a mm-hmm. boss battle. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah big, that's big actually what I was going to say. Moments, you that's know. what I was going to say. It's more like with Half-Life, it's more like set pieces than it is actual bosses because you know at the end of episode two, you have to def- defend a bunker from walkers, and there's just like endless walkers coming. 
for the entire level. Yeah. So that that's instead of a boss battle, it's just ridiculous set piece. Walkers freak me out, man. Yeah, it's it's walkers coming every like minute, and you have to run around and get devices that blow them up. So you're you've got this this level, this map, and you have to drive around in your car to get a special type of bomb that will hurt them. You know what, you know what is kind of funny? Um, What's that? Sorry, did I totally cut you off? I, no, it's fine. I was I, <laughs> sorry. Um, what is kind of funny is like like Uncharted 2 didn't actually have very good boss battles now that I think about it. Yeah. Right, the final boss yeah. is not all that great. Yeah. You, you mainly just fought like tanks and choppers and stuff. Yeah. Um, but what is funny, I think I was talking to Mitch when I was fighting the last boss and I was making fun of it at the time because it's always funny with like the boss design, how they like tell you how to beat them. Like there's something really like, even if you can't spot it, all of a sudden something will be obvious and it's like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, it's glowing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You know, now that I think about it, the Uncharted 2 boss battle is silly. Yeah, it was kind of silly. But the... The last boss battle, there's another boss you fight earlier in the game that actually teaches you how to fight the last boss. Um, the Yeti, Yeti thing? You like, yeah, it, it, it like, no, no, I'm talking about uh, Castlevania. Oh, Castlevania. Um, okay. Yeah, like it, it teaches you how to fight um, the final boss. And nice. I was getting like my ass kicked by the final boss at first. And I was like, I don't even know what. And then finally the final boss is like, didn't so-and-so teach you anything? And I'm like, <laughs> and he said the name of the other boss. I was like, oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. And I made Thanks, that funny. Good. That's like that's like the game being like, "Hey, stupid! We yeah. told you how to do this." <laughs> you know, but you know what? That's actually pretty clever. No, I like it. There's, yeah, there's going to be some people who are still just like, "Oh, he's just taunting me, the prick," and not not get it. You know? Mm-hmm. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I I made fun of it when it happened. I was like, "The game," you know, that's hilarious. <laughs> but then I started thinking about. It, I was like, I I would have sat there for another 20 minutes not knowing how to fight the boss right. if he hadn't said something about it. You know? Because yeah, that's, that's was, clever. Yeah. So he was like, "Didn't so and so teach you anything?" And like kept beating me. And then I was like, "Oh, maybe he did." <laughs> <laughs> Would yeah, you like to the, know how to defeat me? <laughs> yeah. Y or N. How was the uh, dialogue <laughs> in it? In Castlevania? It was cool. The cuts, like, that was another thing about the Ars Technica review. He complained about long cutscenes. The only cutscenes that are long are the, the, some of the final ones, which to me is normal mm-hmm. in a game. Yeah. The other cutscenes really aren't all that long. A lot of people complain about um, Patrick Stewart. They say that he overacts because he does which the narrations. Oh, okay. He does the narrations between chapters, and I'm like, he's being theatrical. Like, it's, I mean, you're you're talking about a game set in like the year 1000, where they're fighting vampires and werewolves and imps. Yeah. You know, like I think it's oh, a, how dare he be melodramatic yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Like it's subtlety just, is needed here, Patrick Stewart. Yeah, and so <laughs> it's it's so it was just funny. Like, and none of the cutscenes were very long. I thought they were really cool, actually. Um, but there was one cutscene you fight, um, like the vampire queen, and the cutscene for that ending boss battle was like ludicrously epic. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, nice. we've talked about Castlevania long enough. We can move on to Anthony because this kind of dovetailed a little bit talking about classic game design. Anthony actually wanted to talk about classic games. So, <laughs> how about <Yes>. it? <laughs> well, this is the 25th anniversary of the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah. And it is a Was it today me. or was it this week? This well, it was actually like a couple weeks ago, but we didn't mention oh, it. Okay. Playing Reach, um, but it's this year. It's this time frame. Yes. Um, we don't know exactly what date the first NES has hit the shelves in New York. Um, 
but it's around this time. Really? We don't? That's crazy. No, no, because like they sort of crept out, uh, and then there was no official launch day. They uh. was sort of like they only came out in stores in New York, and then they got bigger, and then they put them out in the rest of the country. Interesting. That's so weird. Like, I guess they were like an unknown quantity at that point, so they didn't. Yeah, they because they were just trying to convince. They were just trying to see if they could get, you know, some stores to be like, look, this will sell. And, yeah, because before that, it would have been what just like Atari and Coleco. Yeah, and... that was after. This is after the great video game crash, so no one wanted to take a risk on it. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so um, it's funny enough. Uh, speaking of classic games, Eddie's um, amazing enthusiasm for Castlevania made me go to my virtual console and download um, Rondo of Blood, which came out on the Turbo Graphics 16. Um, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, they have the Japanese import on there, uh, so I downloaded that for nine bucks and played it. And then I was also playing some other NES games, and it got me um, to thinking about you know because when NES comes up, everybody talks about Mario and Zelda and Metroid and like you know even like Battletoads and stuff like that. But there's a there was a lot of great NES games that people probably didn't play or realize. And you know back then, other than Nintendo Power, um, there was really no way. The only the best way to find out about a game was to rent it or go over to a friend's house and play it and be like, oh you you bought this game, let me see it. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, this is amazing. Like it's hard to believe, but in the old days. Like Disney games were really good, like Chippendales Rescue Rangers and and Ducktales. Ducktales is one of the best NES games of all time. Um, and it's I just think shocking. I remember there being like a co-op Mickey Mouse game that was pretty fun on the NES. There was right, um, right now it escapes me. There was the like the magic. Oh no, it was like Mickey and Minnie's Castle yes. or something yes. like that. Yes, that's the one. That game was so hard. Like when I played it, I was like five or six, but it it. That game was a very frustrating game, but I, I played it quite a bit. So, yeah, that was really fun. Um, but, yeah, that's my point. Just, like, there were really great games back then. Like, um, The Goonies 2, oddly enough, just happened to be this really great sort of Metroid exploration-type game. Um, you know, this isn't really too obscure. I mean, have you guys ever heard of Blaster Master? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that, yeah that was a fantastic game. I, I love I used to play, I mean, like, Wall Street Kid, the game where you, like, actually bought and sold stocks. I had that, and, like, I loved that game. <laughs> like, I played everything. Like, there was this great puzzle game called The uh, Adventures of Lolo. Um, Lolo, 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 yep. Yeah, you were this little purple guy, and you had, it, was a, it was a block I knew that game. was coming. <laughs> but um, the one game that I wanted to mention before I asked you guys about your sleeper Nintendo games was a game called uh, Godzilla. It was, like, Monster of Monsters, I think it was called. And it was this really cool game where you play. Oh, that sounds familiar. Wait, like, say it again. Really familiar. Say it Godzilla again. Monster of Monsters. That you sounds play, familiar. Didn't it like a, have a, like a hex-based map or something? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like you play as Godzilla and Mothra on like a hex, exactly a hex-based map, and there's other monsters on the map. And if you move like Godzilla like two spaces, then you fight through two levels. And the levels are short. You can beat them in like a minute or two minutes, and then. It's like a chess, you know. It's like a, a a game board where you move Godzilla two spaces, and then the enemy monsters like Gigan and King Ghidorah they move a couple spaces, and then when you actually meet up, it turns into like a Street Fighter game where it's just a one on one fight between you two. I don't know. Oh, this. Holy crap! I compl- I totally played this game. <laughs> I did and too. It's completely freaking awesome. I'm watching yes. a YouTube video on it right now. <laughs> oh no! This game was so. Anthony, I literally had not thought about this game in like 20 years until you just mentioned it. <laughs> I loved that game i rented it so many times wait what I was the name too. of the game i missed i missed that godzilla monster of monsters i think 
Oh yeah, yeah shit! And you would <laughs> I remember this game. You would destroy the stupid like those 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 turrets, the like satellite turrets. Yeah. Yes. And then there was one you had the tail attack. Hold on. Now I need to now I need to go look at a video of it. This. I, I remember this game. Need to link Andy. this on the podcast post. This yeah, game it, was so freaking good. Nick, there was a code too where if you put in um like destroy all monsters is the password. It would put every single monster villain in the game on the first level. Oh, so there I didn't like know about that. At two, and then it would be like eight other monsters, like Varen and Baragon and Gazora and like everybody. Yeah, and I recognize all those names. That's awesome. Yeah, you, Mitch. Oh, you're my new best friend. Yeah, I love Godzilla and all that. So, yeah, that is one. Um, oh my god, I remember this. Yeah. Oh, when you fight the brain things on the brain level? Yeah, the brain things. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I just this is probably terrible no, no, podcast this... material, but <laughs> no, no, it, this game was this so the, uh... good. And I literally had forgotten that it even existed. Like You know, it's really it's actually worse when you do that with people, when you forget people exist. And then <laughs> well, someone yeah, mentions them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this isn't the worst thing you could do. Um, yeah. But that's what's so fun about it is that's why I wanted to bring it up because I was like, I'm surely not the only one that played this game. And um, yeah, they made a sequel, but the sequel was just a, basically it was a strategy game. Well, see, now I'm, trying to, now I'm trying to remember. I'm actually trying to go through and look at some list of games to see if anything jots my memory. Skate or Die 2. Skate, yeah. Skate or Die 2. Was oh, you game? remember the theme for that? Yeah, the, oh. the theme was awesome. Yeah. Skate yeah, or Die. Die. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Um because I remember there was a part of the game where you would just do tricks, and I would just do that part over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, and then, and then there was the game that I think you were talking about, Mitch. Because Anthony, you mentioned one, but then I saw another one, Mickey Mouse Capade. That was a little co-op with Minnie and Mickey. That's the one. That's, that's the, the one, one I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Mickey Mouse Capade, uh, Mega Man Three. That's not really a sleeper hit, but that's one of those things, you know. But it was one of my favorite games. Two. Well, okay, so you go with three because normally two is cited as the. Maybe it's two. There was one that Mega I would Man just beat all the time. One. Chippendale Rescue Rangers was that the was game great that I played a lot of. <laughs> yeah, you could like lift each other up and throw each other. See, what's weird is I'm looking through this list and I'm like, I don't, I don't think any of these are sleeker, sleepers. Like, I think everyone didn't everyone play like River City Ransom and Kung Fu. We or like, didn't oh, everyone play like Iron Sword and Excite uh, Bike, you know. Wizard of Warriors? Yeah, yeah. Like, the interesting thing is that you know I always talk about how like. Because I didn't really do the whole RPG thing until Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, that's actually not true because I actually did play Final Fantasy One on the oh, NES. Yeah. And it was tough. It was and it was really well. freaking oh, hard. And I was young when I played it, and I I was probably like seven or eight, mm. and and I was just like I would I'm like I like doing magic, like that I I didn't get what to do at all. I think I got to like the first boss, and like that was it for me. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I'm pretty sure yeah, that's like, pretty much I kept everybody. It. I was the same way when it, when you, when you got to the very beginning of the game, and you just got to choose what your party was going to be, like you know, yeah. thieves and nin- that was what that yeah. did it for me. I that I was, was like, I wait, I get RPG to beat fan. people. Yeah, yeah. Remember the Batman game for the NES? Yeah, Batman. I remember that. That was um, oh, I remember that. Games. There was there was one Batman game that was actually like really uh, nicely done. That was that like looked better <gasps> oh, than Batman a, game. Do you remember that one? It looked like it should. Was it was it based on the animated series? I kind of remember I think this. So, which, do you remember which game that was though? No, the one based on the animated series was like like on uh, the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
But yeah, that you know, one was really no, fun. About it looks like the cartoon. Yeah, I'm talking about the Batman game that's like looks like Metroid. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you, which one you're talking about. I played that one too. But yeah, it's crazy. You know, one one of my favorite uh, Nintendo games ever that probably won't be on any list. I'm gonna have to go look for it now. I think it was called SWAT Rescue Mission. <laughs> or Rescue the Embassy Mission is what it was. It was I, oh, I, I completely remember Rescue the Embassy Mission. Just, yeah, Rescue the Embassy yes. Mission was I one of my favorite game. games ever because it had it would, had several different kinds of gameplay. The first kind of gameplay was you were sneaking up to the embassy to try to to try to sneak your way in, and you would like there would be like these spotlights, and you were like doing like rolls and like dodges yes. to get away from the spotlights, and. I love and and when there were doorways, you could hop into the doorway, and when there were like little ledges, you could hop over them. And I would I loved doing that so much. I would get to the end of the level and then go backwards back to the beginning because I like dodging the spotlight so much. <laughs> like I just thought it was the funnest thing. And then once you got there, then you would do a level where you sniped, right? You would like snipe like shadows in the windows in, in the windows, there. right? And then there was another yeah. level where you would actually rappel down. Mm-hmm. To jump in to get inside the embassy, and then it would then it would be like a very primitive first person shooter. Oh, nice! Where you would shoot bad guys in the embassy, and it was just those four things. You would just do them over and over and over, and there was and they just got harder. I have never played this, and now I'm kind of regretting that. Yeah, because this looks so amazing. Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm just really glad somebody else knew what it was. Yeah, I totally <laughs> remember that game. It it was because I don't know if you guys it was were probably like, my favorite Nintendo game. I, but I used to just go to the store and like, I I would uh, you know I would read Nintendo Power sometimes, but for the most part I would just go to the store and I would look at the covers, yeah, of yeah. the games at the and I remember I would like especially Ooh, in summertime, you. in summertime I would just go every week and I would just rent a game, and and I would just be like you know what this looks fun I'm gonna buy this game I'm gonna rent this game and but I would keep renting the same freaking games when did like that I, stop. I think I, I think I rented Godzilla a lot, actually. Yeah, I know I did. No, when when did that stop? Because I used to do that as a kid too. Now it's like, oh, I gotta find out this, and is this game worth my time? I guess it's because you so get we, older we, and we you, care. you get busier. You get busier, right. but I remember, yeah, as a kid, I would just rent every, everything. There was, there was well, one. also renting. Remember, renting was cheaper. Yeah, yeah, that was cheaper. Point. It was like cheaper, older, right? We know what marketing is now, so we know just because yeah. the cover looks cool doesn't mean anything. Yeah, there was a point where I had rented. Probably every single Sega Genesis game at Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I got to where I was just doing repeats. You nice. know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember renting games that that much. I think I would go almost every day during the summer. Yeah, you remember when you would rent a oh, game, yeah, me too. And turn it in, and rent something else. Then you'd rent the other game back, and your save would still be on it. You'd be like, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that actually yeah. that actually happened more recent than than you would think. WrestleMania two thousand. WrestleMania two thousand. Yeah. That we, <laughs> we played. We rented head. so many different copies at the Blockbuster that all of them had our save games on it. <laughs> yeah. So we could go in and rent any copy, and it would have our saved characters. Why the hell didn't we buy that game? <laughs> I don't know. We rented. We probably bought that game like ten times over we by the. The amount we so spent much. in renting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we were afraid to buy it because then we would have to remake everything. <laughs> <laughs> but we did anyway. It's like every other week. You probably could have bought it from the video store. You could be like, look, can we just buy this? We yeah. should have just kept a copy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and just paid the fee. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't know why we never bought that. I characters. We had our own pay per view events. We had all this stuff we had done. 
and and should yeah. have bought a new copy and taken the new copy back to Blockbuster. <laughs> you know, don't, don't they? Um, I know we complain about the price of games, but weren't SNES and Nintendo games like sixty nine ninety nine or something like that? Like some of them were eighty bucks. Yeah, some, some of them were not bucks. all of them. Like the super ones were like I think I want to say Final Fantasy three was was or yes, that's exactly Chrono, what I was gonna say. Chrono Trigger was like eighty bucks, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was like well, this is your only Christmas gift this year, and I'm like, that's all I want. <laughs> yeah, those games were extremely expensive. It wasn't a standardized pricing at that point. Yeah, no, and okay. I, I mean, I definitely don't remember having that many games. Okay, but. so so listen, guys, I played this video game. It was a baseball game. I think I've talked to Eddie about this, but it was a baseball game where you played with robots. Baseball war, base wars. Base, base wars. wars. Okay, yes. you do remember it. And if Hell, you got yeah. if you tied at the base, you would have a Street Fighter battle. Yes. Between the two robots. And so I always tried to tie so that I could have fights. <laughs> I, I, and I think I rented that game probably about 20 times. Yes. That I, sounds I amazing. That too. I, I loved that game well, so did, much. Couldn't you, couldn't, didn't they have dudes with like kind of like jetpacks that would jump up to catch fly balls and stuff like that? Yeah, well, there was like the dudes that like hovered in the air. Yeah. Like they yeah. had a big round base. And yeah, I think they would jump up in the air and catch fly balls. That game baseball. I love games wow. like that. Like, and this is not the Nintendo, but on the Super Nintendo and Genesis, like Mutant League Hockey and Mutant League Football. Oh, Mutant League Football was so good. Listen, does, Me, doesn't hockey, like, I, I won so many games by killing the other team completely. <laughs> it was great. I'm sorry, Nick. Go ahead. Doesn't EA still own the rights to Mutant League Football? I hope I so. so. They should make I it. I think they I'm do. Sure they need Madden, to make. The NFL probably wouldn't let them nowadays. But it's it's kind of funny how yeah there's there's all these old games that like I guess the IPs have just sort of disappeared into the mist of time you know like what we were saying last time like they need to take better care of their franchise just put these games out man port them mm-hmm. you know well yeah I mean they're starting to remake eighties movies why don't they start to remake eighties video games well I mean the the X Men arcade game coming to mm-hmm. Xbox three sixty like that made me freak oh, out like I was I was so excited for that I don't know why they oh. haven't done more of that Nick did you not know that. No, sorry. I'm, I stopped listening and watching a Base Wars video. And I forgot that you fired the, the, the as the pitcher, you fired the, the ball as a cannon. Yes. Uh, yeah, your it was arm. a ball cannon, and you would charge up, and then you would fire it. I'm sorry. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I ruined, I ruined the podcast again. Yeah. Well, no, I ruined it last time. I'm making your mom joke. Yeah, that's true. Stopping you in your story. Yeah, so you sorry, did. Eddie. What, what were you saying now? I don't even know anymore. What I was. Wasn't it about Sega games? Or you were excited about X Men. Oh yeah, the new X Men arcade game coming to. Oh Xbox no, dude, I'm so pumped about that. Yeah, six, the cool thing about that is what is it like six co-op. six player? Yeah, so drop all in, drop players. out, drop in, yeah. drop out. Which is so. Yeah. Which why do games not do that? Like, I you know I'm playing um, Scott Pilgrim and there's no drop in, drop out, and there's no online, and I'm like, how can you make that mistake at this day and age? Like, you need both of those things. If you want your game to blow up on Xbox Live, because people want to do that, people don't you know want to just I be actually, like, "You Tomb have Ra- to Tomb Raider play with didn't this. have that." Tomb Raider I'm didn't have waiting. No, online. I was just about to say that I am just right now. I'm waiting for online co-op. I haven't fin- finished Tomb Raider. I mean, I guess I could play it with my brother, but he's going to do that. Let's get real. That's not right? fun. <laughs> I don't pay with someone who isn't like, here. He's sitting. He's sitting in the kitchen a few feet from me, so he heard that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to play co-op, though. I mean. Yeah, I mean, whenever it goes online, I, I want to play it again with some with probably Eddie or, or you or something. Yeah, yeah, well, see, I made well the thing was I made it to the second level and it was really tough. 
playing by myself. Like I was, I was like, this is clearly not designed for one person. It's <laughs> not. Yeah, it's like Resident Evil Five. Yeah. So. Huh? 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 Hey, um, I think we need to make a pact that we will all buy the X Men game when it comes out on Xbox Live. I'm okay with that. For real. And for yeah. real. I'll do I that. Will, I will buy it on Xbox Live instead of the PSN like I usually do. I hope it's not like the, tur- the Ninja Turtle Turtles in Time. I hope it's not no, like that. That was, that was like that was a crappy remake. This is a straight up port. Well, this is a straight up port. Yeah. Well, here's no, the thing. I was it? You have wasn't it a straight port? Call it now. Yeah. Well, no, 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 that's what I'm saying about Turtles, Turtles in Time. Are you talking about the arcade? The no, Turtles in oh, that, that Time. That was a remake. It, the X-Men one is a port. Well, yeah. okay. Because that's what I'm just... I'm play, I remember playing it. I guess they just... I'm yeah, they re- it's cause it was called Turtles in Time Reshelled. So they reskinned yes. it. Yeah, well, wasn't it the same but isn't the, Yeah, that's it's, what I'm saying. It, the, one, in, the gameplay was the same, and was it just a sucky game? No, no, but they, we were they kids, so we didn't, we didn't some know. Things, yeah, yeah, to beat 'em up. Beat 'em ups are, are simplistic and and kind of, you know, they're kind of boring sometimes. Now, it's Turtles yeah, in Time was terrible. Wow. Yeah, it, it it wasn't that game. I think it was nostalgia that was making us so excited about that game. But so are, the X Men yeah. are cooler anyway. See, but I don't know because I want to say that I played, I because I, I used to have a, a Mame cabinet in college, and I played the the ROM of. Of X Men on the on the arcade cabinet, mm-hmm. and I want to say that it was still awesome. Nice. So, but you can know. also but you could also just add add quarters. Yeah, that's, well, that's the thing. Like I you never have to deal with game overs on Xbox Live right. arcade games. That's not fun. I wonder. Yeah, I, I do wonder how long it will have its appeal because when I played it in the arcade, I always died too quickly and ran exactly, out of money. Which is, it seems like when you're releasing an arcade game like this, you need to just include a mode that doesn't count for achievements or scores where people can just free play and die as many times as they want. Oh yeah, because I mean, what we used to probably drop what? You would spend $7 to beat yeah. the game? Yeah. $10 to beat the game? And I think that was part of the problem with Turtles in Time is that you had a limited amount of lives and we could just couldn't make it through levels. Oh, it was too tough. Yeah. Because you just die. I mean, they're designed to kill you a lot, so you put more money back into them. Right. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that you need more than your standard three lives or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, if they, ever, if they ever released the Simpsons game, let me tell you, just skip that one because that was a frustrating game. Yeah. That was, that was really hard and annoying. All right. Well, moving along from the what are you playing segment, last time we did the podcast, we did our over-under uh, segment and we got some good comments about that. We actually really enjoyed it. It's one of our favorite little bits we've done on the podcast. Um, so we actually wanted to move on and try out uh, uh, another segment. And Nick was actually going to head this one up. Um, Nick, yeah. So I think we're going to call it percentages because I can't think of a more clever name. Uh, but basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you guys a topic, and then y'all are going to give your predictions in the form of a percentage. Pone percentages. Okay, there we go. Uh, y'all give Thanks, your Mitch. <laughs> y'all give your, your predictions in the form of a percentage about the likeliness <laughs> of this future event occurring. Okay. So is that, everyone got it. Everyone understands the one game? million <laughs> over nine thousand one dollar. <laughs> I give it an A. None of those are percentages. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna start off here. Uh, we're you, we got the order we're gonna go in. Yep. yep. We're gonna start off with uh, the first topic. Chances Black Ops surpasses the launch day sales of Modern Warfare Two. 
Eddie, start. I'm going to say 48%. Okay. Mitch. 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 Oh, I was waiting for him to say my name. I'm going to say That's 25%. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with 20%. Oh, Jesus. I can't remember what everyone else said. 40%. 40%. Okay. So I'm going to go with Eddie since you went with the most <laughs> 48%. What, why, why are you thinking that? I'm thinking that because I... I, I just get the sense that there's actually a lot of excitement for Call of Duty Black Ops. I remember reading that its its pre-orders are actually pretty ludicrous right now. Um, I want to say that I read something saying that maybe I'm just making it up. Maybe that's why I'm just giving higher percentages. I'm like, <laughs> I read a thing that said it was going to be the best ever. It was um, on Gamer Sushi, written by Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a drafted post. I haven't even put it up yet. In my mind, is this the one where you read that they have higher pre-orders than Modern Warfare Two did? Yes. I, read, uh, I think I read that too. Yeah, so I thought about that and I was like, okay, so saying 50, like 50% and above is a pretty strong percentage. Um, so I was like, well, let me go just under 50% because if it's got some higher pre-orders and I feel like there's people like like me that, because there's people that just buy Call of Duty because they just buy it every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they but do. Like yeah, and then there's people like me, I feel like I was like, man, I was kind of put off by Modern Warfare 2. I'm actually really excited about this one. So, I don't know. I, that's I, 49, 48 is pretty high, but I didn't want to go over 50, so I thought I'd just come just under it, you know, because well, okay. the pre-orders are so high. And then, so and Jeff, you're the lowest, so... They still haven't shown a, a single-player trailer, have they? they no, they just did. Uh, actually, yeah, I, just actually posted, I just posted one the other day. It's on GamerSushi. Yeah, yeah, Jeff. Someone GamerSushi.com, direct your browser. <laughs> hey, webmaster, go look at the site sometime. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not broken, so I don't have to look at it. Um, <laughs> You know what, Eddie? I, because uh, I obviously, obviously, because I, the one who reminded you about it, I or just told you about it a second ago. I obviously also read that same article, but I also didn't know if it was my imagination or not. That's why I didn't go. And you were the second 40%. highest. You you had yeah, read it too. Right. Anthony said was at forty. Yeah. Yeah, and it's I a, and I also was like, did I imagine that? Yeah, exactly. I was like, did I make that up? I mean, I could have. I want to say that, like I, say that I wrote say. that article. <laughs> That's why we didn't read it. <laughs> I feel like I didn't even read that on uh, Gamer Sushi. I feel like I read that on Gama Sutra. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah so that, that's the thing like i i actually love call of duty 4 um but the reason i love it is the single player campaign so that's actually really important to me um you should go watch know. the one on gamer sushi that's i mean that's it. why i want to play uh black ops more yeah. than multiplayer because i feel like i you know I, i've gotten the multiplayer experience like modern warfare 2 even though it started to really fall off there and it had some issues I mean, I, I got it. I, I get what multiplayer Call of Duty is about. For me now, I'm just kind of like, what awesome single-player stories can you tell me? Oh, that actually was a Gamer Sushi post. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Uh, by, by Mitch. Who went with 25%? Interesting. Why do you think, Mitch? Uh, I just think like there's still people who are going to buy Call of Duty every year, regardless of who makes it or whatever, or how good the last one was. I just feel that there's a fatigue amongst hardcore yeah. gamers who are in the know about Call of Duty. Well, you right. write, write about Medal of Honor. Maybe you'll be right about Call of Duty. Maybe. And oh, also right. when so, I said that, there was finger quotes on everything. <laughs> hardcore gamers. So, right. so here's, you know here's the thing. I, I found the post with the trailer in it. All I read was the title. <laughs> so I assumed that the trailer did, did not exist. <laughs> That's why. Um, <laughs> oh, because he, he says in the trailer, you do not exist. So I was, I was Irony referencing. Wins. I was misled by your title. I'm sorry, I suck as a writer. You know what I was thinking is that, um, if I recall, World at War had a pretty decent size campaign. It was definitely longer than Modern Warfare 2 yeah. or even Modern Warfare was. 
And since Treyarch's doing this one again, I'm hoping that Black Ops will have a longer campaign and that it will be good in addition to being long. So yeah, because yeah. Modern yeah. Warfare I'm, Two, I'm I mean, so you could, you blink and it's over. I'm de- I'm definitely curious uh, about it. I don't know if I'm going to buy it like you know day and date and spend on it. But. Right. So you're you're not going to be in that launch day sales. All right. No, next I, next I mean, topic. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off, Jeff. Next topic. Cut off. Hardcore moderator. Holy crap. Here we go. Snap. Chances Bioware's budget for the Old Republic was actually three hundred million dollars. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Eddie, is, you're it, start again. is it me first? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Um, chances that it was percentage? actually. Chances it was actually three hundred million dollars. I'm going to go with. I'm going to say sixty percent. Sixty. I feel. I feel. I don't know. I'm not going to go into it next. Okay. Next okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say ninety five percent. Ooh, <laughs> strong from the Canadian, Jeff. I feel like I'm gonna go with fifty. Uh push. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, because Eddie already took mine. Seventy five percent. Seventy five. Everyone's very high here, so I got to go, Mitch, because Mitch went ninety five. Almost. See, so you're, you're pretty sure that's what it is. I- yeah, I'm pretty sure that like MMOs are ridiculously expensive to make. This is an MMO that's fully voiced, uh, has trailers that are apparently a million dollars a minute to make, and who knows what else sort of back-end costs are going on to develop this thing and set up the support for the launch date. So, well, And then also, I mean, for people that, that, that aren't aware of the story, that there was a blogger uh, that called himself EA Laos that posted this whole rant against Bioware and Mythic and EA and said that the game was going to cost $300 million, that the game would cost $300 million. Uh, and that it build, was crap, and they were panicking. Yeah. To build on what Mitch was saying, is that another thing is that EA has had some failed MMO launches, and they, I mean, every every big studio, especially, I, I'm, EA's got to be chomping at the bit. Like, they're probably dying for a WoW killer. And if anyone can do it, shouldn't it be Bioware with the power of the Old Republic franchise? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I can imagine that they would just throw money at it you know, it doesn't seem unlikely to me at all. And if it fails, what does that say for a WoW killer ever happening? Yeah. You know what's going to be a WoW killer? World of Warcraft 2. <laughs> exactly. I feel so, that there's just a I, whole... Actually, I doubt that. I, I think WoW 2 would be a failure. Sorry, I don't think WoW 2 is ever going to happen. No. They're, no, they're going like to focus on expanding you know, just, existing yeah. now. No, no, no. They're announcing a new MMO. Oh, really? Yeah, they're working oh, yeah. on one. Yeah. I mean, I think the only the only reason they, they would have to kill WoW is if it is just out of date as far as technological standards go. Like that's it's the point. Pretty at, close. Yeah, that's the point at which you say, okay, this game is no longer modern. So how like, how many years do you guys think it would be before we would see something like a WoW killer? That I mean, do you think we're coming up on it because we're getting to that point of it being kind of technologically outdated? Nothing seems to be even coming close. Maybe within well, the next five years, you know. I mean. It's, once, it's, uh, wow, once I think it's going to have a long name. tail. I think it's going to have a long tail. It's going to keep people are going to keep playing it. Like once I the think, content on Cataclysm dries up, I think we'll start to see some serious contenders. Yeah. Casually, WoW is is MMO. Like yeah. you, like it's what Xerox or Kleenex is. Like yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it, it it's going to be. I don't know. I, I think maybe the only thing that could kill WoW would be WoW. Like it just becomes too big and too grand for itself and then it just collapses. And that's an interesting point what you said about, one. <laughs> about Xerox or Kleenex. Like, yeah, it's what Nintendo was in the eighties and the nineties. Like right. had, yeah. it was an 
who quit playing Nintendo, even if it was like a Sega Genesis, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, right. yeah, yeah. Like, and then it became PlayStation, interestingly. Now it's Xbox. I actually pushed because I wouldn't be surprised if it's more than $300 million. Oh, interesting. Uh, oh, wow. In a different way with it. Okay. Yeah, see, that was my thought process. I was like, a lot of times, you know, for big budget movies, sometimes they'll actually tell you one thing and it actually costs them even more because they're not talking about, they haven't taken into account the advertising budgets. Yeah. George or, Lucas is big. Yeah. Well, seriously, like, there, there's stuff that they'll say, this is how much a, the Titanic cost, and they probably spent another $100 million. million marketing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was true probably about Modern Warfare, too. So they, they have, like, they have ways of creatively accounting. <laughs> yeah. So True. No. That's a good point. All right, next topic. Uh, let's go with chances, because uh, I, you guys saw, because you read the site, that no, Dota <laughs> 2, well, minus Jeff, Dota 2, 2 was just announced. And uh, it's another, you know, uh, mod that Valve has picked up and they're going to make into a real game the way they did with Alien Swarm, the way they did with TF2, the, the way they did Counter-Strike, with Counter-Strike, Portal, the way they did with... Left 4 Dead, even. Yeah. All, of, all, of these, all of these things. And it, it just feels like every time Valve's like, oh, I'm going to announce a new thing, it's something else. It's Portal 2, it's Dota, it's one of these things. So, my, so it, it made me start thinking, my question, chances Valve ever releases Half-Life 2 Episode 3? <laughs> <laughs> Because I think that there's a part of me, just to kind of like do a little parentheses, part of me thinks they might just say screw it and just go with Half-Life 3. Yeah. So yeah. start with Eddie, go. Since you put it that way. <laughs> I think I'm you might have ruined this one, Nick. Sorry. Because I feel like if I don't say that, everyone's going to say 100%, of course, they're going to release a game that comes after Half-Life. <laughs> you know what I mean? They can't yeah, just no, not no, do you've, it. You've gimped pretty good now. So... Uh, yeah. I, okay, I, I'm going to say I'm going to say 10%. Ten, wow, okay. Stop taking mine. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say 0%. I love it. <laughs> Dang. Right. Mitch is going gonna, strong with the 90 I was going to say that anyways. <laughs> He's giving a goose egg now. Yeah. So. Uh, Lord, I don't even know. Give me the Greek over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a 45 45, because he wants to push, but he doesn't want to do it again. <laughs> Anthony. Uh, 3%. Wow. All right. So let's see. Mitch with the squadoosh and Jeff. <laughs> the 45. Jeff is the highest. I'm going to go with Jeff first. Jeff, why do you think it's coming out? So, so I'm going with, I give it a 45 because I think there is a decent chance that the game has been developed for so long and that it's going to be so long that they might just call it Half-Life 3. And, and nobody would say boo. It's going to come out. So no, somebody would be like, where's episode three? I mean, I would rather, if it got to the point where like, hey guys, it took us, you know, what, how many years has it been now? Five? Four? About three? Two, one? Three. Anyways, so, so if they were like, hey guys, we decided to just give you 20 hours of Half-Life. Here you go. You know? How could people not be excited about that? <laughs> like if it was Half-Life 3 and it's a 20 hour long game, Yes. That that would be a, a wise choice on their part to make up for the long time. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they went that way. If if that's actually what's been holding it up, if they're like just making this ridiculous game. Um, See, Nick, I thought your first question. I thought your question for this was going to be, 
chances that Valve's next game they announce is Half-Life 2 Episode 3. Uh, (laughs) You know, because they keep stringing it out, you know? That's true. That would have been a good question, too, yeah. I wonder if they'll do it. Except I would have got 0% on that. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder, I'm I'm really wondering if they're going to, if they're going to, when they do it, if it's going to be an orange box situation. Where it's that like, would be cool. That would be exciting. Like, oh, like, what if Dota Two was? That's Dota that's 2? exactly what I thought, Eddie. When I saw Dota Two, I was like, "This is TF Two yeah. that's going to go with a new orange box." Yeah, well, that would exactly. be that would be awesome. Yeah. What, well, what if you got Dota Two, Half Life Two, Episode Three, and Counter Strike Two, and Left 4 Dead Three, Portal Two? Well, no, Portal Two is a Left standalone. Those are both big enough or games. Is it? Like, <laughs> you know, no, that would be this. too big. You can't do Portal Two and Dota Two and Half Life Episode Three. Well, yeah, what, if, yeah, what if you had Dota Two, Counter Strike Two, and Half Life Two Episode That's Three? That's huge. That's that a, would work. I, it, day one purchase. Yeah, yeah. that's know. a lot right there. So basically, nobody thinks. So what? Okay, so, uh, what's the consensus here then? People There's are never going to be a game called Half Life Two, Half-Life 2 episode, episode Three, but you think that it's just become Half Life Three. I think there's a small percentage there could be. I think it's more likely it's going to be Half-Life. Three. I don't want to say there's no chance. Yeah, so that's why I said 10. Said I think yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, I think there's still a small chance they might do it just because they said they would. You know, but it, Well, yeah, I mean, I know they did a didn't he do an interview at one point where he said that they regretted actually branding it as Half-Life 2 episode whatever. Like in retrospect if they could go back and rename it they'd call it Half-Life 3 episode 1 from the start. Right, yeah. Uh, interesting. All right, next topic. Chances Nintendo drops the price of the 3DS from $300 for its U.S. release. Eddie? I'm going to go 85. Ooh, okay. Mitch? Uh, I'm going to go 50. I'm going to push. Push. That's weak. You were going so strong. I loved your 95. I loved your goose egg. That's a bit weak. All right, Jeff. All right, Nick. Nick, for you, I'm going to throw one no, out 100%. No, it's over. It's no, over. No, no, it's over. I said 90. Jeff, 90, strong. Anthony? 100%. 100. I love it. Yes. <laughs> So everyone, so nobody, nobody really thinks that it's going to be, it's going to actually keep the three hundred dollars. They were, yeah, they they made a big deal about the Wii being so affordable. I mean, I know we talked about how all the fanboys said, "Holy shit, you know, it looks amazing." Uh, I want to get a three DS now, so they're going to charge us more for it. But I think, like, pricing their products so that they can get into people's hands has been a big priority for Nintendo. Yeah, past couple years, more, way more than any of the other. Um, companies, and I think that they are going to continue focusing on that, even for something premium like the 3DS. Mm-hmm. And it might be the first time that Nintendo does a strategy kind of like what Sony and Microsoft do, where they take a loss on a piece of hardware because, I mean, they're going to sell software for when people yeah. buy the 3DS. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. just so many, there's just so many, I feel like, killer apps on it that you've got to have. I mean, I feel like that's how it was presented at E3, yeah. right? It wasn't like Hey, look! I mean, it was look at this cool device. But it was more about looking at the software. It was look at look at these developers. Yeah. Look at this software that we're pushing out for this system. Yeah. Well, and also there was a thing where it was like something like seventy something percent of Japanese people polled felt like it was too expensive. Also, mm-hmm. so yeah, you know I mean, like it's like you've got all all this all these things where people are saying it's too expensive. I feel like they're going to be forced to drop it a little bit. So, Anthony, you one hundred percent. So you say it's not three hundred dollars. What's it going to be? It's going to be two hundred and forty nine ninety nine. Okay. 
I, I, think, I think that's I think that's probably pretty I think that's sweet. probably if I think it goes that way or maybe it goes by two seventy four. Yeah, two seventy four. Yeah. yeah, they like that too. Remember the the DS for a while was like one seventy nine ninety nine. Yep. So I think they mm-hmm. might might do that. But traditionally, like Nintendo, they always have it slightly more expensive. You know, when the DS first came out, it was fifteen thousand yen, uh, and then it was like one hundred and fifty dollars in the U.S. But fifteen thousand yen was is more like uh, like two hundred dollars, I think. So mm-hmm. they lowered a little bit when it comes here. It's just R and D and tech and everything for this is so expensive. I mean, it's no, nothing like this is on the market. So yeah. I, I see, I see the, the price point on that one. Well, how how much does you know selling it in Japan first sort of cover the costs of development? Like, do do they make? I guess the U.S. ends up being their primary market after a while, right? Like, I mean, um, do, do we do we know the spread on that? I is don't know. Like, well, because I know that in in Japan, I mean, DS and PSP crush everything. Yeah, like, it's yeah. not oh, yeah. Yeah. close. Yeah, you wouldn't believe how popular the PSP is. And the it, DS. yeah, PSP crushes Wii, mm-hmm. which is surprising. Yeah, I and mean, in that, yeah. isn't it true? Yeah, isn't it true in Japan that like people have as many portable gaming consoles as they do uh, mobile phones? Like that's a thing. I believe it. Yeah, like yeah. everybody yeah. has one. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge. All right, last question. Chances Gran Turismo 5 makes its holiday release. Oh, oh Eddie. no. Oh, wow. Um, golly, I'm going to say... I'm just going to say 37%. Okay. <laughs> Mitch. Uh, 25 I'm going to say 25%. Okay. Hefe? Zero. Oh, <laughs> I like that. I like that, Jeff. <laughs> Anthony. 100%. Really? Okay, I yeah. got to go. talk to Jeff and I got to talk to Anthony. Anthony, why is it going to happen? Jeff, why is it not going to happen? Uh, I'll tell you, it's very... I, I think if it wasn't something that was... Something huge? Yeah, if it wasn't something like they wouldn't, if it was something that was really, really going to delay it, they wouldn't say holiday. They would just say it's just delayed right now indefinitely. The fact that they said holiday means it's just something. It might be a week, it might be two weeks. It's coming out. There's something they need to fix or whatever. But I don't think the fact that they said holiday makes me think they didn't have to say that. The fact that they said it makes me think it's going to be something that's pretty, pretty simple to fix. Okay, Jeff. So my argument, the the reason that I have hope for. Duke Nukem Forever actually coming out is because it's changed hands. It's got a new developer. And I think the reason why I suspect Gran Turismo 5 is going to continue getting delayed is because it's the same people continuing to make it. You know? Like, it's the same corporate culture, it's the same development team, it's the same mindset that's kept it getting delayed every couple months. So, I I don't know. I'm suspicious of that. I like that argument. Yeah. Mitch, Eddie, you got anything? Oh, I think it's funny that people on our on the poll. I mean, this is why we say never put joke options in the poll because the jokes because the joke's gonna win. You know, (laughs) which I I I shouldn't have done, but it was still pretty funny that it was like, hey, like the people have lost confidence that much. I mean, I really do think it speaks at, you know, I mean, obviously you probably got Sony pushing on you. You've got all these other things. I just think they need to stop talking about these games. This so far out. Yeah, you know, because then, but because the, then, who would have known that it was getting de- delayed? You know what I mean? It wouldn't have developed the stigma attached to it if they had announced it last year. Like, hey, Grand Turismo Five is coming out next year. Oh, great, mm-hmm. awesome! 
And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, it's getting pushed back if you want. Okay, sure, fine. But if you announce it in 2006 and then you delay it to 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, maybe 2011 now, like, I feel like that's a problem. Especially in like a world we live in where last week is late pass. Yeah. Four yeah. years. I mean, yeah. it, feel, it feels like GT, GT5 has been about to be released forever. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Loses its relevance. For this whole yeah. generation, it's felt yeah. that way. It, 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 like, part of me, if I was like, if I would be like, was it a PS2 game? Like, I mean, <laughs> it, it becomes that point to where you don't even know how long you've been waiting for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. It's just, it's just sort of like a joke now, I think. Yeah. Well, it's like Duke Nukem Forever became a joke. I mean, it was. it's the reason the term vaporware exists yeah. is because yeah. of Duke Nukem Forever. Well, I'm part sure of me actually kind of wishes that it never comes out. Like, I, I know that sucks to say, but part of me kind of is like, I don't want it to come out because I kind of want it to be this this legendary thing. <laughs> the, yeah, the unicorn. Hap- yeah, the unicorn. Well, yeah, or like, you know, the Guns N' Roses album that took 20 years to record. Or, and, and that right, was, and then it I, came out and it sucked. Yeah, oh, it was I terrible. Listened, I, I never I, listened I'm, to it. I'm, I just I'm heard wor- it was awful. Right, and that's the thing. I'm worried that it's going to come out and it's just going to be another first-person shooter and it's going to be, well, okay. But if it remains this legend... It, which, you know which, what I mean? It has are you talking weight. about Duke Nukem? Or yeah, I'm talking about Duke Nukem now. Like, if it comes out and it's just a first-person shooter, mm-hmm. then it's just like, eh. Man, if Gran Turismo comes out and it's a first-person shooter, I'm like, since when? That is it's, one hell of a delay. If, hey, if it's a first-person shooter, uh, it's not. I'm, I change it from 100%. That's one Sorry. of my favorite comments that anyone's ever made in a podcast. <laughs> if Gran Turismo 5 comes out and it's a first-person shooter, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so no, because here's the thing. GT5, I actually think when GT5 comes out, it's going to be incredible. incredible. It's going to yeah. be incredible. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. it's going to make all thing, the like, Forza lovers stop and say, "This is why Forza exists." You yeah. know what? Like, I think it's going like, to make people take a step back and go, "Wow, this is why you know people hold this thing up to such you know a pedestal." Yeah. Eddie and I had these discussions a lot every time Final Fantasy 13 got um, delayed, but you know. Delays in video games, yeah, they're annoying and they're frustrating, but I mean, does anybody ever really go, well, now I'm not going to play the game. Now when it comes out, fuck it, forget it. It's it's over. You know, like, it's it sucks. But I mean, I think everybody that was going to buy the game is still going to buy the game. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's, unless Forza Motorsport comes out, like, in December, all of a sudden, like, a, you know, a, a stealth release. Yeah. Right, which is not going to happen because there's right, no exactly. marketing behind that. I mean, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it, it's not like it, I mean, if anything else, it, it, heightens that you know what i mean like to go back yeah. to duke nukem forever it, it you know when it was at pax you know mitch you were there i heard that people were like game of the show who didn't yeah, play it just that yeah. it was at the show it was right. game it was of the show yeah, yeah but if it had come out in the time that it would have it would have been like oh it's another duke nukem game who cares you right know, it's become this this mythic thing now yeah so well so so my, I, my thing what i was just thinking of is it seems like game companies need to find some kind of way of, of treating these releases like J.J. Abrams treats his movie projects, where you find out just enough about it to get tantalized, and then it comes out of nowhere. Like Cloverfield. Nobody knew what Cl- Cloverfield was about before it came out. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, he, they, they had done a good job of, like, eking out just enough to get people hooked, and then, they, you know, they kept spoilers out. Like, what, what if... 
you know, it, it, are there any games out there like that? I, the only thing that came to mind was, um, was it Last Guardian by Team Ico? Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it seems well, like they've given us just enough tantalizing information, but there isn't, you know, I don't it's know. A year, it, it's a year away from release. I think, you know, next year we're starting to get inundated with information. Yeah, yeah that's true, but it, it, which I wish we weren't. I wish you know what, Jeff? I actually, me and Eddie had this conversation on GChat just the other day. I was telling him that I barely bother with previews anymore. Like, yeah. for, just as an example, Bioshock Infinite. I saw the the trailer. I know the setting and everything. Let me know when the reviews are out. But I don't care. I don't need to hear anything else. I don't need to hear anything else about Portal Two. Yeah, it's Arkham crazy Asylum that they gave 2. us that much information about Bioshock Infinite two years in advance. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like crazy. crazy. I don't need to hear that anything else. That gameplay demo. Yeah. Blue I mean, you know, you know, the game is not going to play like that. Like, there's I, no way. Yeah, I know, but I, I j- well, I mean, it's a different engine, though, Jeff. I mean, it's Unreal Three engine. Well, no, I, I know it's a different engine, but I mean that there's so much in there that was was very clearly like scripted events. The well, game, yeah, so- I understand, but at the same time, I, I think maybe that might be telling of that it's going to be kind of like set piece based, maybe, yeah. or maybe you're right. Maybe it was just to show off. Right. Oh, you can combine powers and they're really cool. But you know, I'm with you. I don't uh, now that I've seen that and I saw the the proper trailer teaser or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool. Now let's. I'm just waiting. Call me when the game's out. Yeah, call yeah. me when the game's out. I, I think I we might give too much information about games too early. To in addition to announcing them too early, like That's Bioshock right. Infinite, that teaser trailer I thought was all we were going to get for the next year. You yeah, know what I, mean? I like, was surprised. So I was surprised that we got a bunch more information just a, like a month later. I was like, yeah. well, what are you, because I feel like then the pressure is just to, well, let's just, we got to keep topping ourselves. Like there's a Fallout dev diary stuff coming out like every week now. And I'm calling, okay, well, just let the game come out now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it does. It does. You know what? I haven't watched yeah. a single one just because I'm like, I'm just let me know when the game's out. That's yeah, all. You're, so, you're so already what is, sold. What is yeah. it about the, what is it about video games that ends up give, getting us so much more background information like that? Why is it so different from movies? Is it just the development? Well, because the cycle is much longer. Or? Well, no, I think it's. I think part of it is the the entry fee. You have mm-hmm. to pay so much that they. I think developers feel like they need to convince you. Yeah. For the course of yeah. a long, they get to court you. It's right. time too. It's you not know? just money. It's time. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, well, you're not I also just paying feel- ten. You know, eight bucks to go see a movie for two hours. You're paying sixty dollars to play a game for ten hours. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I also feel like the audience is a little different, right? I feel like the moviegoer is a person. I feel like the video game player is a robot. Is an is a robot. No, I feel like the video game player gets it. They get the behind the scenes. They get the like development of gaming. They're interested in the industry as a whole. They don't just want to go see a vampire movie. You know what I mean? So they're a more engaged audience inherently. So they just love that kind of shit. You know what I mean? They're more interested in the behind the scenes stuff than... Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you, you look at, I mean, your average moviegoer kind of wants to see the movie, but then you have your, your guys who are really into, like, DVDs that want to see all the special features. That's what video game players are, I feel like. The connoisseurs, I mean, in a way. Yeah, do you, are you all, do you agree? Yes, maybe? I think so. I, I no, agree I to an so. extent. Okay, okay. Well, I feel like, yeah, and same thing, like, I, I wouldn't sit down and watch like behind the scenes stuff for movies before the movie came out because there's so many possible things that you could just ruin the experience with with a game games are a lot longer yeah. than movies so i feel like you can still show me small bits of a game and not and you can show a lot of a game and not give away the story yeah exactly yeah. you know well, also also games are are 
two things. Like with movies, they're one thing. They're a movie that you watch. With games, they're a story that is told and their gameplay. So if you it's, just it's, show it's a gameplay, piece of software and it's a game. Ex- exactly. So yeah. if you just show gameplay of like, oh, this is how a mechanic works, then you gave away nothing. You just showed a yeah. person a cool thing that doesn't lead into like, oh, you know, spoiler alert, Bioshock. You know, well, you that's can why we have like, that's why we have story thing. trailers now, gameplay trailers, debut yeah. trailers, official trailers, single player. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? What I could I actually just thought of an example that came out of nowhere for me. Limbo. I yeah. you know I didn't really hear anything about Limbo before it came out, and then like it, it had a really unique style to it. So that's a make, game that I would not want to see a trailer. Yeah, yeah. yeah you don't want to know. You don't want to know. Yeah. yeah. Trailers you don't even really want to know game. how to play. You don't even really want to see much gameplay of that. Also, I just hate. I hate. I just. I just wish game sites would stop posting posting trailers that don't show any gameplay for anything. You know, like even like the pre-rendered stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if it's just a pre-rendered thing. You know, like so it's, yeah, if it's like an announcement, it's like oh, this is the game yeah, being announced. That's exactly. Fine. But otherwise, like, like yeah, Bioshock Infinite, it was like, hey, this game exists, everybody. Okay, cool, but. I don't yeah, if it doesn't see, have gameplay in it, I yeah. don't even watch it. I don't want to see pre-rendered trailers. Bioware is getting really bad about that. Yeah. Well, with Thor especially, stuff. because MMOs... We talked about this in a podcast before, because MMOs are so boring to watch. It's true. Even well, though that also Dragon company, Age 2 looks like crap. That that company that does all the trailers, like Blur. they did that one, yeah, Blur, they're the amazing. Justice, the, ju- the, the DC, Justice League? DC Dude. Universe Online one was ridiculous. That was uh amazing well and the and and the thing like, is why can't like, we have a movie like this yeah like i did you guys I see even, that yeah yeah the okay DC, cool. the dc universe where it was yeah, like I saw Justice that. D, and it's it was like so superman fighting well batman fight. it was ridiculous yeah it's all of those all of those trailers are done by the same company called blur yeah and i actually read like an article about them that was pretty interesting it was cool they they kind of fancy themselves as they're they're more of a film based group like they because they i think they did stuff for avatar too but they they uh but they love video games you know what i mean like they're film guys that love video games instead of video guy video game guys that love film and i think that's that's a differentiation that exists like it it's a true thing it's not it's not just me reversing words yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It really, it really isn't. I, I know Eddie will agree. Just trust with me Nick. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie agrees with me on this. Yes, but uh, I mean, I, I read the thing, and they, I think they were talking about how like they'll sit around the office and they'll play video games. Like they'll be like, "Cool, so we're gonna play Halo real quick," because they love video games, but they want to make these awesome trailers. So I'm for that. Like I want to see Blur make these awesome trailers, but it has nothing to do with the game. It just has to do with me wanting to see their art. Yeah, you know can we go I mean? like, blur. Let's go get jobs. Yeah, like it has like the, they're making an awesome video for tour has nothing to. I, it, it, that's cool. That doesn't make me want to play tour. It makes me want to watch awesome videos that they make with lightsabers. So you're saying they should just make original things? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think they should make a movie. Are they like the world's most highly paid machinima company? Pretty much. Well, well no, it's not machinima. It's not. It's not. It's in, not in, no, I'm. No, no, no. I'm. Cho- I'm joking about that. Oh. That they. That they. That they. Don't use joke with these guys about machinima. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare! Don't you do it! No, I'm making a. I'm making a joke that Eddie hates guys, viral videos. There is a difference between animated and in-game. Okay. 
<laughs> actually, actually, I heard that most of Metal Gear Solid Four was was the cutscenes were produced through like machinima techniques. Yeah, that they actually had the camera controls mapped out to controllers. Absolutely. No, I saw the, I saw a trailer that showed that. Yeah, it's all yeah. in game. And that's how they did all of Metal Gear Solid. Wasn't Mass Effect cutscenes. done the same way? Um, no, Mass Effect. Mass oh, it's Effect. coded, isn't it? Yeah, that stuff's coded, yeah. but it's still done in the engine. Right. Um, that's why they hired a bunch of machinimators to, to yeah to come on staff there, but um, but yeah no like I know Metal Gear Solid Four was essentially done, you know, um, via kind of a machinima style, which actually made the cutscenes kind of impressive, you know that they would do their zooms and all that kind of stuff and the camera mm-hmm. movements like with controllers, which is kind of awesome. That is awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's really impressive. So. Cool. Well, I think that about wraps up the podcast this time. So yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to follow Gamer Sushi on Twitter, it's twitter.com slash gamersushi. And I am twitter.com slash Eddie Rivas. I am twitter.com slash Anthony Taylor underscore. I'm twitter.com slash unsquare. I'm twitter.com slash Mitch, but with a uh, seven instead of a T. And I'm twitter.com slash Nick Camardo. And you need to rate and review the podcast. On iTunes. Please. And actually, oh, and uh, I need I need more friends on my iPhone. So Unsquare, <laughs> Game Center. Oh, Game Center. Yes, I'm. You, I think I'm also, Nick the Beard on Game Center. If you haven't gone and taken a really long look at that achievement thing we put up the other day, go and do that because Nick killed it, knocked it out of the park. So I think Thank everyone you. needs to go look at that. A long yes. hard look. Yeah. Ga- gaze it's upon. A, it. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Sweet. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. 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 Did anyone hear me last time when we said bye? Do the bye. Thanks for stopping by. No, no. I didn't. Uh, I was very proud of that. Hey, hey, hey. Whoa. Did you like hey, the Navi. game? No. Did, did you like the game? Yes. Yes. Was yeah. it good? Did I have good questions? It was, it was good. Even though, yeah. you, it was good. Even, though you, even though you stole it from Counter-Strike.